So if Jesus was right, and there actually is a God who knows each of us individually, he made us each unique in our own way, then how he interacts with us individually would be as unique as each person. And each person's experience and understanding of God would be in this ongoing and unique thing for, for each stage of our lives. So is that actually the case? And as we grow and mature and experience more life, does it make sense to not only believe in God, but actually devote our life to him? Well, I think those are good questions. So let's talk about it together. Jesus described his relationship with his followers in a very unique way. He said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me for my father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the father's hand. The father and I are one. And it's interesting. Jesus says, I know them. He says that he knows each of his followers individually. So what is that like? Does that relationship change and grow as we do the same? How does it mature and transform as we ask more questions and we explore further and further? And so I thought it would be a good idea to talk to Monica and Aaron Fiedler. They'd be great people to talk to about this whole idea for two reasons we want to talk about this. To help those of you who are exploring what following Jesus might mean for you and to get like real stories from real people. And for those of you who have decided to follow Jesus, to encourage you and maybe help you frame your own experience and stories with Jesus. Because as we say at Cross Creek, if you've experienced it, you can share it. So Aaron and Monica, let's talk. So first question. Uh, some people have said this. I haven't. Oh. But the word around town is that Aaron and Monica Fiedler are the power couple of Salem. <laughs> How would you respond to that? No. Boo. <laughs> Boo. That's a good one, babe. That's... What? <laughs> How? Why? You're hilarious. What? Yeah, you're I, a funny guy. Yes, mm, thanks. Okay, so power couple. <laughs> sure. I've kind of already introduced you, but yeah. how would you say we're gonna go with Monica first, ladies okay. first? All right. Uh, when we say who is Monica, how would you answer that? Um. Well, definitely, um, half of a power couple would be the first thing. <laughs> um, I think I would describe myself as a wife, a mom, and a follower of Jesus. Um, I feel like I cook a lot of food. Mm -hmm. So well, you cook it well. I try, you know, but you know, I, I'm a mom to two teenage boys, mm -hmm. which means we buy a lot of milk <laughs> and I have a lot of frozen pizza on hand. Awesome. So yeah, I definitely though, um, consider myself, um, a child of the King. Um, Jesus is my friend and brother mm -hmm. and I follow him. Awesome. Yeah. How about you, Mr. Aaron? Well, I would... Add, I am a third of the power couple, so that's good. Um, and the boys also eat a lot of quesadillas, but uh, yeah, I'm Monica's husband. Good... I get to be Monica's husband and uh, Johnny and Andrew's dad. And I'm a teacher. That's my paid gig is I'm a middle school teacher. So Science. Science. Uh, eighth and sixth grade this year at Leslie Middle School. So Lions. Rawr. Very cool. Yeah. So um, since we're talking about following Jesus, mm -hmm. for, let's go with Aaron. Ooh. Answer this question. Ready? Mm -hmm. Yes. Am Ooh. I on a timer? Yes. I mean, probably. Yeah. Probably should be. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Jesus to you? It's a good question. Um, I think the 
best way I could answer that would be to say there's he's both a teacher like there's sort of the old Jewish idea of the rabbi sort mm -hmm. of the master teacher and he's also um, my savior and my friend so and it's it's he has more than those few aspects but for me those are the the ones that I think I, I the ways that I best relate to him I think um, always learning from him and trying to follow him as best I can and also he's there to save me from myself that like I just screw up all the time but he's forgiving and understanding uh, and he likes me and he loves me as you've said before um, that's I think that's how I would describe it awesome Monica who's Jesus to you it's funny because we didn't really rehearse this together hmm. but um, I want to borrow a lot of Aaron's answers because oh, that's I, sweet isn't it I, do, I think maybe we talk about it a little bit but um, mm -hmm. Jesus is um, my teacher so mm -hmm. I'm uh, a famous theologian once said that Jesus was the smartest man to have ever lived. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, who else would I follow? He has the words of eternal life. So mm -hmm. for me, he's somebody I want to model my life after. Um, he's also with me and present with me and in me. Um, and I love those verses you read from John where um, he sees me. Mm -hmm. um, so to be seen by God, um, I'm learning as I, as I journey, like isn't a scary or a bad thing. I think in my earlier years, I would have, Felt like I had to hide or pretend, but with Jesus, I don't have to do that. So um, that's really comforting. He's awesome. both a he's a good parent, so he has like good fatherly qualities mm -hmm. and also good motherly qualities, and mm -hmm. there's just a, a peace that comes with that. That's cool. So you said something about your earlier days. Mm. So um, how did you become a Jesus follower? Like, what, how did what's the process there for you? Well. Everybody's process is very different. Yes. Um, I was not raised. Or you could use the word unique. Or unique. Yeah. Sure. It's very unique. Um, but I was not raised in a Christian home. Um, I was raised um, in a home that I think welcomed Christian ideas. And mm -hmm. we did um, dabble in various churches and um, religious traditions. So I was brought up in a way that was uh, very open and welcoming to the idea of God. And a God who... Um, is worth being sought after. Hmm. And so I've really come to value that um, now in my later Christian years to, to see uh, the benefit of being open to the mystery of God. Mm -hmm. um, but when I was in college, I met a friend. I had some other uh, religious beliefs uh, that were a little more Eastern. Um, and so I met a friend and she and I were talking about, um, she was telling me about Jesus and asked me a lot of questions about what I believed, which hmm. turned out to be very... Um, formative. I didn't realize in my answering of what I believed that I was hearing a lot of things that I didn't really believe. I was just kind of regurgitating what yeah. I kind of picked up along the way and it wasn't really making sense. Hmm. But everything that she was saying about Jesus made sense. And she's really combative about it, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, real combative. No, she was, um, she was a good listener hmm. and she didn't come at me with um, Bible verses, but she also did share scriptures with me. And she invited me along to um, campus Christian events. And I looked around at people raising their hands and singing. I thought, this is really weird. Right. <laughs> but I also felt like I really accepted. Hmm. So um, that was kind of the beginning of my um, realizations that um, Jesus isn't who I thought he was. And um, that's begun a longer um, quest for understanding um, who Jesus is and what he what he taught and how he um, 
lived his life so that we can live ours. Um, and also how he died so that we can also die, die to ourselves and mm. die to the things that we want to do. So probably 2000, year, I think it was the year 2000, I was a junior and it was in May and I uh, gave my life to Jesus privately mm -hmm. after reading More Than a Carpenter. Uh, there's a prayer in the back. And so I knelt in the room and said my prayer and then didn't tell anybody, including her. <laughs> and then I bought a Bible and I didn't tell anybody. I kept it hidden. I kept it in the box. Wow. Yeah. I was very, I'm a, kind of a prideful person. I didn't want to admit that I was wrong. <laughs> um, so it took me a while. But then I started attending church with her probably a year or two before that. And um, just in the process of going to church, I just slowly started understanding what, mm -hmm. what it says in scriptures and got pretty excited about it. So. That's cool. It's mm -hmm. kind of like a, a progression. Each, each it like your your understanding in your relationship sounds like it's grown. Yeah. As it goes on, that's really cool. Yeah. But it started with somebody kind of sharing their relationship with Jesus with you. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. How about you, Aaron? Is your wife prideful? I <laughs> don't answer that. Yeah. <laughs> Plead the fifth. Just kidding. How did you uh, start following Jesus? I think in my I've talked just a little bit about my background too. I think give some context, but, um, I grew up Catholic, like going to Catholic church, which is uh, very, like has a super rich history and liturgy. So I'd go and there'd be a lot of quiet and a lot of, um, contemplation and, and just a, a very orderly mm -hmm. event, like a set of events or series of events all leading up to taking communion. Um, I, I didn't follow Jesus at that point in my life. Um, I was a, a punk kid, um, just trying to find my own way and like not really wanting to accept um, somebody else's explanation for things. So mm -hmm. I still have that sort of uh, anti-establishment streak, as, as both of you know. Um, <laughs> so after and in college, I, I mean, I would go to church with my family, but after college, I just or during college, too, and after college, I stopped because it wasn't it wasn't something that I was choosing to do. Mm -hmm. But in 2000, I moved to Oregon, and right after that, I, God was putting some people in my life that were, I, I just had the sense that he was pursuing me. Mm -hmm. um, there was my roommate, Andy, and my best friend, Marcus. Uh, I just, Andy invited me to, they were having a Bible study and going through Isaiah, and <laughs> I was like, the, the guy who would just ask questions like, oh, well, how do you know that? And how come, how come we can say that? Or what does yeah. that mean? But going through an Old Testament prophet, that sounds like... Sounds fun. Very heavy. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Which I enjoyed, the, the poetic, um, dramatic nature of it. Yeah. But I had a lot of questions. Um, but then I met Monica in 2002, and that really, I guess, accelerated. I uh, got to put these people in my life. And so at that point, I felt like at early 2003, I just had the feeling like I should relent or, um, I don't know. Like I finally, I finally gave in and, and said, okay, God, I'm going to follow you. I don't know what that looks like. Hmm. I, I don't know what all it means, but, um, I was basically at that point, besides being, I felt like pursued by him also came face to face with, the, for me, it was the resurrection. It, I just like read about it and thought about it and God gave me some understanding about it. If that was real, mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. that was, I feel like logically the way for me to go was to follow Jesus, whatever that meant. Yeah. So, um, that was kind of just the, the next step or the beginning of that phase That's of cool. a personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah. 
Because uh, for me, the resurrection, I mean, I think that's the linchpin of it all, right? Yeah. If that's true, then what you, you got to do something with that. That's right. And if it's false, then? Because people don't just come back from the dead. No. People don't just predict it and then do it either. <laughs> the guru yeah. I'd been following before I met Jesus. Uh-huh. Um, lived, the guru. The guru. Yeah. He yeah. was a guru, mm-hmm. an Indian guru. And he had lived a very beautiful life in India, and he, but he tragically died in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the 30s, I think. Um, but yeah, so when I started learning more about Jesus, like he had also died, but mm-hmm. his death was very different. Mm-hmm than a car accident. And that made me go, hmm, maybe that guru isn't actually a son of God. Interesting. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's super interesting. We'll talk more Side about note. that later. <laughs> so I think we could do a whole episode on Monica's insights into gurus and yeah. the difference between that. That's yeah. all I have. We're going to do a comparative religion series that you're going oh, to wow. lead. That would be so fascinating. That, that would Wouldn't it? Would yeah. Okay. It's a little staff meeting. Sorry. <laughs> All right, uh, you guys have kind of touched on this a little bit, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go with Aaron uh, first. Monica, you'll get it your chance as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe in a semi-succinct way, mm-hmm. how would you describe your life as a Jesus follower? I think it's it's a kind of a beautiful challenge. Ooh. It, it's just a constant want to do what I want to do but a realization that I shouldn't and can't do that um, following Jesus and for the people around me that I really truly do love the, the people, people in my life, um, like my wife and my family and you. Thank you. And other, other friends and um, just like the whole community, my neighbors, coworkers and students that I serve and families. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, uh, I mean, gosh, to die to yourself all the time is uh, that's the biggest challenge I feel like that I face as a Jesus follower. Why do you do it? It's, I was reading a little while ago, a couple weeks ago maybe, C.S. Lewis wrote a, an essay about the word belief, mm-hmm. and I, maybe this is jumping into something else. Let, okay. let the conversation um, flow, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> so he was talking about the word belief and what it means to people like, oh, I believe I'll go to the store right. today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess I would say the reason that I believe is that it's it's becoming more about trust for me mm-hmm. this year. I, I started the year with um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Don't trust on your own understanding, but trust in God. He'll show you the, the way, the right path. Um, so I think that this, this year of 2022 has been basically a year of trust for trust. me. Yeah. So you would say the reason you die to yourself daily mm-hmm. is because of your trust in Jesus. Right. And he's shown to be tremendously trustworthy. Hmm. To you, like It's really foolish to trust something that is not going to actually be trustworthy. Right. Uh, but he is. So that's that's been a, an interesting exercise for me this year. Awesome. Yeah. So Monica, how would you describe being a Jesus follower, like your life as a Jesus follower? Describe it. Um, I think I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely uh, a, a long ways to go. But more recently, the thing that's kind of captured my attention um, are the red letters in the Gospels and the things that Jesus said, um, like on the Sermon on the Mount. Um, mm-hmm. There's some really challenging stuff there. But um, I was thinking this morning, actually, about um, Jesus' greatest commandment, 
mm-hmm. which was, um, well, it's not, it's in all through, throughout scripture, but love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And, um, so I think I've really focused my Christian walk on, um, trying really, really hard to love God hmm. and, um, trying really, really hard to love my neighbor and die to myself. Hmm. And in the meantime, I think I've kind of set myself aside. Hmm. And I think the thing that I've been learning lately is that loving your neighbor as yourself, that yourself is Jesus included that, like that's an important piece. And I feel like, not that I just need to go around doing self care. Right. But I think as Christians, I have experienced just like a complete, like you're just going all in on your Christian life and neglecting your own soul Hmm. and your own, um, the God who sees you, you know, like that relationship with God and like, so living, living under his gaze and, um, also doing the things that I need to do that fill me up so that I can love my neighbor and so that I can love him better. Mm -hmm. So because you describe as trying really, really hard to love God and trying really, really hard to love your neighbor. Right. And you're realizing Mm -hmm. maybe it's not about that so much. Right. It's more, it's more about, um, like Jesus really, it's like you have said before, Jesus really likes me. Mm -hmm. He also really loves me. And, um, but I think in order to be used, I can't just go with an empty tank. Mm-hmm. So I need to do the things that help me um, connect with him and tune myself to his spirit and what's what I need to do so that I can love more, love better and love more like him. I mean, that, those are the things that Jesus did. So if yeah. you look in the gospels, like he was always like going off on the mountain by himself to pray. And he was um, taking that time to be with his father, especially in the hard times mm-hmm. um, so that he could continue the work. Awesome. So, so what do you enjoy about following Jesus? Um, it's an adventure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Aaron and I have been through a lot of, um, highs and lows, mm-hmm. um, as a married couple, um, as parents. Um, but in those, you know, low moments, um, there's uh, peace and an acceptance and uh, just knowing that, um, this isn't everything. Mm-hmm. So that perspective of like, um, I don't need to worry about tomorrow. And I know that if I mess up, um, I'll be forgiven and he loves me anyway. So it's an adventure, but it's also because with adventure comes peril. But with Jesus, you're safe. Mm-hmm. And I feel safe with him. And I feel like I don't have to worry. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I got two images as you were talking. Mm. One of like a toddler learning to walk mm-hmm. and falling, and the parent was getting mad at him for falling. Right. He's like, "No, I love you. Come on, let's let's keep going." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that idea of feeling safe on an adventure. We just showed the kids um, the Princess Bride last night. Oh yes. And they loved it. Required watching. But like going with Wesley through the fire swamp. Mm-hmm. Right. It's dangerous, but you're okay. Yeah. It's kind of saying I like that. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's good. Princess Bride reference always good. Always right. Good. Always good. <laughs> Um, Aaron, so what do you enjoy about following Jesus? Gosh, it it is an adventure. And I would also say, gosh, I'm I'm not sure this is the right way to to think of it, but there's, there's nothing, 
there's just nothing better for me than following him. Like there's so many other ideas of what you could do or, or things you could pursue money, fame, um, knowledge, it being in a relationship with him and, and following him and watching how that basically flows to through my relationships to other people hmm. that, that has made life really incredible. That's cool. Yeah. I like the word flow. There's a lot there. Trickle. I think I was thinking of the Plinko game. I think <laughs> <laughs> the little chip goes down and down. Okay, yeah, Plinko. Sure, like that. that's cool. I think yeah. that was the name. Of it. I don't know. Yeah. That's deep theology. We that's what we go for Plinko here. Theology. Yes. 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 Um, what are some challenges you faced following Jesus? Like, what is what is challenging about following Jesus to you, Aaron? There's not really the option to follow myself anymore. Mm. Um, when I realize that I am or that I'm doing something that's supremely selfish, it, it's hard because I'm stubborn, but, but I do realize that I need to turn from that or from whatever distraction I have back to Jesus and back to what he's asking me to do and the people that he's asking me to love. Are there ways so, that he turned you back? Like things gosh, he uses? Bit like moments of realization. I, his word is amazing. Um, what he said when he was on earth, what he taught, what he did. Those are, those are great examples. There's so many mm-hmm. incredible theologians too. They're, it's fun to read. Uh, a lot of the stuff Monica's reading for school right now, she's encouraged me. Every time she reads a book, she's like, you have to drop everything and read this book because this <laughs> book is the best book. But uh, a lot of those have helped me understand too what that kind of, what that looks like mm-hmm. uh, or a different way to do that. So, um, but I, I would say overall, it's definitely worth it. Awesome. Yeah. How about you, Monica? Challenges? Yeah. Um, I think... Or what is challenging? What is challenging? I mean, we don't have to... I mean, we are on a couch, but we don't have to, like, bear all your challenges <laughs> yeah, in life. Yeah, lay down over there and really <laughs> let it all out. Um, I think it's the I, that idea of just having to um, not do maybe necessarily what I want to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, every person has their temptation or their inclination... Um, you can call it their flesh or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that, you know, dying to self and that um, choosing um, choosing maybe the harder the harder way. Is harder the right word? I don't know if it's the right word, but... I think Jesus called it the narrow way. The narrower yeah. way. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's narrow way. It's, it's you know, going to be countercultural. It's going to look different from the world. Um, it's not going to be um, maybe the easiest thing. Sometimes it's not the easiest choice, but it's always, um, it turns out to be the best choice. Hmm. It's like that idea of, it's called like the Pascal mystery where there has to be a death in order for there to be life. And I think that following Jesus, like the most challenging thing is relenting or surrendering to the idea of like, I'm going to let this go. And then watching like what comes of it, Hmm. what, what he uses, how he uses it. Like, show up and see what he does. Yeah. Because, I mean, we all have our dreams and our plans. Right. And what we think... Like, Aaron and I had this amazing plan that we were going to, you know, teach at the school forever. And our kids were going to go there. And, you know, it was just going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. But that's that. those were our plans. Yeah. And God had a different direction for us. And it was better than anything we could ever dare to ask or imagine. Hmm. You know, it was... Um, it's been great. Mm-hmm. But we had to definitely set aside our idea. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Something has 
to die in order for there to be life. Mm. I like that. Mm. Yeah, who knew you'd be like selling your house to go plant a church in a different part of town? <laughs> yeah. Quitting your job and working for church stuff. And yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it is yeah. awesome. It is. All right. Uh, one of my favorite questions to ask in these episodes mm. is what questions are you still exploring? Mm. So being a science teacher, there's so much mm. stuff out there. The web telescope, we were just talking yeah. about that earlier. Those images, there's so much out there to learn or know. And uh, I had a friend too, way, way back in like 2000, who talked about science being one way to understand how God works hmm. uh, because he's an orderly God. So I think creation is one question I'm still <laughs> investigating and uh, that's, that's, it's really fun to pursue that and kind of look into different things and why, where, how. One thing Monica and I have talked about, there are lots of different streams of Christianity and, and people have had different expressions of following him for a couple thousand years and way back before that including the Jewish people. So thinking about that rich history and seeing how other people have found their way to connect to God mm -hmm. and, and the questions that they've asked and the journeys that they've gone on and their story with him, it's really fun to investigate some of those things too. Totally. Some of the narratives and some of the, um, the stories. So those are kind of the questions that I'm currently exploring. Yeah, yeah. nice. How are you, Monica? Um, well, it's been, as some of you may know, it's been kind of a rough couple years. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, maybe starting in 2019 and then definitely starting in 2020, I was really struggling with um, reconciling what I had been taught with um, other ideas that had been presented to me about how you can live and follow Jesus. Um, so I went through, a, I think I'm still there in a period of kind of untangling some things. Mm -hmm. And I think that once you start to pull on the thread, um, the sweater can quickly unravel. Uh -huh. And I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that, um, maybe it was an ugly sweater. Maybe, maybe it was an ugly sweater. <laughs> I mean, um, I do think, I know God welcomes our questions and yeah. I've had definite moments, uh, in the last couple of years where I'm just like walking in the cemetery alone. Well, well let's let's expand that for a second. Walking in my cemetery. What is that? Is that a... I live in a neighborhood where there's a local cemetery. Oh, okay. So it's not like this whole death to self thing walking <laughs> in your cemetery. It's not a We metaphor. literally live a block from a cemetery okay. and it's, it's a beautiful place to walk. Okay, gotcha. It also happens to be a place where there's a lot of dead bodies in the ground. But, right. <laughs> um, but you can go to a cemetery mm -hmm. with your dog and walk around. And okay. if you're upset and struggling with something and just crying, mm -hmm. nobody looks at you sideways because right. everybody there is... Oh, that poor thing. Yeah. 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 So I spent, you know, quite a few, uh, many moments walking in my cemetery, mm -hmm. you know, thinking about um, what was transpiring in our country and just some of the things I was um, realizing about my own faith. And it was almost a, a period of uh, grief and lament. Hmm. Um, but in that, in that sadness, Jesus met me and there were, you know... There's been new discoveries, and when you ask, start asking questions, you can you can ask more questions. And um, as a person who enjoys that, mm -hmm. um, it's been a really neat way to um, have kind of a little bit of a faith revival. So a different way to see scripture, a different way yeah. to view church, a different way um, to view God and His children, and how inclusive He could be with His children. Um, and also when I see brothers and sisters, um, doing things differently than I do, I think initially that was really hard for me. Hmm. Um, 
but now I'm coming to more of a place of, I'm, tr I'm working on moving to more of a place of a general acceptance of, well, um, there's more than one way to practice our faith. And you guys talked about the linchpin as the death and resurrection mm -hmm. of Jesus. Like mm -hmm. that's the thing that unites us as believers. So um, I don't need to worry about what other people are doing um, because Jesus sees me and I'm with him and they're my brothers and sisters. So that's not necessarily a question I've been, I mean, the questions are all of the questions. The, the questions have kind of led to this general idea. <laughs> this general idea yeah. of like just being willing to explore. There's this thing called like stage theory where a person comes to know Jesus. Like I think about me in early 2000s and I was just gobbling everything up mm -hmm. and not really questioning it. It was just like, yes, I'm excited about this idea and this doctrine. Mm -hmm. And yes, the Bible says this and you say it and I believe it. Right. And so you really get excited and it's wonderful. And then you start serving, you just pour in and, um, eventually, uh, there's, you know, there's been Christian writers that have written about this through the ages of this, this state, various stage theories, but there's a, comes a time when a person hits a wall. Hmm. And at that point, um, that's when they start basically asking questions and unraveling everything. And um, you really start to question the things you've been handed. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't really, didn't do much thinking about that when <laughs> I first started believing it. I just um, went with it. Yeah, I just yeah. went with it. So... So with all these questions and all this like uh, growing and learning and um, pulling the thread of the sweater, mm. why do you still believe? I, I feel like I have lived a portion of my life where I didn't. Hmm. Um, I feel like I tried that. And um, I went through a period of time where I was really wanting God to reveal himself to me. And... I remember staring at the picture of the guru and wishing that picture would come to life and talk to me so that I could know that it was, that it was real. Huh. Um, and I, when I met Jesus, um, I feel like that happened to me. And so I think it's important to think about why you still believe what you believe. Um, but I'm thankful that I had my time of, um, desert mm -hmm. and being alone. And so now that I'm with him, why would I leave? Mm -hmm. I like that. How about you, Aaron? With all the knowledge you have and science and all of that, kind of like the <laughs> web telescope, we see that little bit, right? Yeah, that's about Why do you still believe? I mean, you kind of touched on it, I think. Earlier, yeah, I, but... I really like what Monica just said about Jesus is alive, God is alive now. That's it's it's incredible to be able to be in a relationship with a living God. Mm -hmm. um, I I just can't imagine anything that I that would be better for me to do. Anything better to do, or I don't. He's just again, like I said earlier, just shown himself <laughs> to be so trustworthy, and um, that that's. I guess the best way I could put it. It's awesome. You could, yeah. If there's a living, breathing God, and there is, to to be able to trust Him and have a relationship with Him, that's that's the stuff. That's why I still believe. Awesome. Yeah. Which is kind of what we're talking about in our next series. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last question. Yeah. What would you say to anyone exploring the idea of following Jesus? What would you say to them, Aaron? 
Yes. Say yes. Just everyone has to go through discovering who God is for themselves. They have to ask the questions and and go through um, good times, bad times, highs and lows. They have to learn to trust him. Um, I would say yes. Just keep asking questions. Read. Talk to people too. Mm -hmm. Just, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of a, excuse me. I like information and ideas. So to me, that's kind of where I go. Pardon me. But not everybody is that kind of person. So if you're not, go hang out with people where they are and and who are talking about him or um, just read on your own. Or I would say keep exploring. Yeah. That's why I said yes. Like just keep doing it. Keep at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. He'll, He'll answer you. He's been faithful to answer me. Thousands of millions of people throughout time. Awesome. Monica, would you have anything to add to that? I think in this series, a lot of people touched on that idea of like doing it in community and doing it yeah. with other people. That was my experience. It was really helpful to me to have someone that walked alongside and was willing to ask my question or answer my questions. But mm-hmm. I would also encourage that person to bring your whole self to God. And um, he's not... Um, He's not, he doesn't think you're gross. He doesn't think you're weird. Um, he doesn't think you're too dirty um, or too far away. Mm-hmm. Um, he's He's pursuing you. I think if, if you're watching this or listening to this or you've been starting this journey, like that's part of you, that is you, but part of that is him. And that is his desire for you. I would go read Luke 15. I would um, check out what the gospels say about how Jesus pursued people and welcomed people to the table um, all the outsiders of that time, Jesus welcomed and mm-hmm. was, you know, criticized for it, but he welcomes. And so he wants you there. Thanks for watching this content put out by Cross Creek Community Church. We are a church located physically in Salem, but you're watching or listening online and we sure appreciate that. Don't forget to like and subscribe and you can share this content with your friends online or in a text message or in person. Uh, We have some gatherings coming up, speaking of in person. There's one more in August on the 28th at 4.30 at 525 Idlewood Drive. We're pretty excited to see you all in person for that one. And then beginning on September 11th, which is also our five year anniversary, we are going to start meeting weekly at 4.30 p.m. on Sundays here in Salem, Oregon. Uh, we're very excited to get back to a regular rhythm of meeting weekly. Uh, connect groups are gonna be starting back up if those connect groups that you're in are on a break. Those are starting back up the week of September 18th. And good news, our Youth Connect for middle school and high school is also starting back up after September 18th or on September 18th. They're gonna be meeting on Sundays at the church after service 6 to 7 30. Parents, there'll be more information coming out in an email about that, but we just want you to mark your calendars for those first and third Sundays for the youth. All this information is on our website and on social media. So if you have any questions, send us an email at info at yourcrosscreek.com. Or if you've been watching this content online for a while and haven't let us know, use the welcome form on our website to say hello and tell us a little bit more about yourself. We hope you have a great week. We hope you enjoyed the end of August. And we'll see you in person either the end of August or in September.